0: What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day, five days a week, free on all platforms. Make it your first listen. Start your day listening to Locked On Blazers, and then come back again and make it your first listen the next day. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, the Blazers. It, it's this is. You are listening to Thursday, July seventh show, Uh, and the Blazers, because the moratorium ended today on on Wednesday, July 6th, as I'm recording this, the Blazers did some administrative stuff, made some things official, made some moves, so we got to talk about kind of where they're at with and and the official announcements, stuff that went down, which makes other stuff in the future mean it's not going down. Let's start there, though. the Blazers announced today that the Jeremy Grant trade is official. So, um, you know, the the I think the outside chance that the Blazers were holding out and the Pistons were holding out to be a facilitator in these sort of larger shifts, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Miles Turner or whatever, whoever, whatever happens in Toronto, like all of the sort of the big domino moves that that one is done. Uh, the Blazers have, have finalized the deal with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the, the sort of little bit of news that we didn't know was the Blazers in that deal swapped uh, 36, the 36 pick in the draft that went to Detroit and for their troubles got 46 during that Jeremy Grant trade. Then they, they then traded the 46 pick in the 2022 draft to the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Blazers got back a future second round pick It's a 2024 second round pick and it'll be the more favorable of either minnesota or charlottes that's what they get for denver denver with the 46 pick took Ismail kamigate from france who's going to spend a little time in europe before coming over uh blazers you know add add to their staple of future draft picks you know they, it was going to be hard for them to take three rookies onto this roster they got a couple that'll be fun to watch we'll talk about uh, later in the show uh, Beyond the administrative stuff from the Blazers, uh, we're going to talk a bunch of Summer League stuff today. I want to talk about Shane Sharp. I want to talk about Jabari Walker and Greg Brown and Trina Watford and what I'm excited specifically to see from those gentlemen. But let's continue a little bit with some sort of Blazers administrative stuff. The team also announced today they've officially waived Eric Bledsoe. Uh, let's just run through all of our favorite Eric Bledsoe moments. Uh, I really like... I'm just kidding Eric Bledsoe who came over in the uh, in the Los Angeles Clippers trade that sent Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Clippers and uh, came over with Keon Johnson and Justice Winslow Keon and Justice still part of the team Eric Bledsoe and his partially guaranteed contract now free to sign wherever on the surface this seems like a bummer for the Blazers because it's like you get Eric Bledsoe's contract at the time, it was about $18 million, uh, $19 million, but partially guaranteed for next season. Uh, the Blazers would be on the books for somewhere between 3 and, a half and $1.3 million, depending on if they stretch his contract, which I assume they will do, almost certainly, uh, but uh, they you know it was like oh they're going to be able to trade Bledsoe you know it's partially guaranteed contracts to be such a boon it's going to be so valuable when they didn't find takers for him ahead of the deadline right like when they weren't able to flip him because they made that trade on like Friday they had maybe five days before uh, the following Thursday's deadline you know when they didn't find takers the deadline it became less and less likely that Bledsoe was going to be traded and then when the Blazers signed Gary Payton to his contract or agreed to sign Gary Payton to his contract it became it just wasn't it just it was over the dream. The dream died. And so why is Gary Payton and, and Eric Blood so tied together? Well, um, the Blazers, by giving Gary Payton the contract they did, are hard capped uh, without getting like too deep into the CBA stuff. Like I, I, I understand for some people this is very simple. Others, it's like really deep in the weeds. So let's do like the uh, Cliff Notes version of this. There are two tools given to teams that are above the salary cap line. One is for the the taxpayer mid-level exception. It is a it is a contract for teams that are above the tax line, uh, and it is about six and a half million dollars. Then there is the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. That's what the Blazers had to use, which was a, a contract that could be worth up to two million dollars or ten point two million dollars, ten and a half million dollars, basically with the with the change in the uh, the salary cap, up to ten and a half million dollars, up to a four-year contract. They gave GP. Uh, you know, two years plus a player option for more than that six and a half mark, the six and a half mark. That was the taxpayer mid-level exception because the Blazers exceeded that line. They are hard capped, which means during the season at, at no point during the season, can they exceed the, the apron, the tax apron, which is like $157 million. Yeah, that's a lot of numbers, but what you need to know is that the Blazers cannot at any point have during the season for the remainder of this year, go over $157 million in total salary. So that meant trading Eric Bledsoe was basically impossible. Because uh, the Blazers could only treat his his salary like three and a half million, the partial guarantee, but another team would have to treat it like that full, you know, 18, 19 million bucks. Portland was going to have to take back a lot of money and to like trade Bledsoe. They're going to have to take back big money to trade Bledsoe. The value of this contract was actually probably taking on bad money, right? Long-term, uh, you know, a, a, uh, the Gordon Haywards of the world, someone who's good but overpaid, and you trade Bledsoe out to like give give team, give team a team some salary relief. When Bledsoe was not included, probably smartly in the Jeremy Grant deal and not included in, in some other deals like facilitating getting Julius Randle, who I'm not even a particular fan of, when, when that was out the window, and they and they agreed to the contract with with uh gary payton that kind of ended the bledsoe dream so you end up with this you end up with waving bledsoe and getting nothing for the deal it makes the roco norm thing just it is what it is it was a salary dump it allowed the blazers to maybe do what they're doing now and you can choose your own adventure at the time i thought that was much more disappointing the cj McCollum trade nothing has really changed on my end with that um it kind of just is what it is. Maybe Keon Johnson turns into an NBA player and, and changes my tune. Maybe Justice Winslow really shows out this year and I feel a little bit differently, but the Blazers salary dumped two NBA rotation players, two dudes who are going to be contributors on a good basketball team. And that's that doesn't feel great. And Bledsoe is the end of Bledsoe was the end of that salary dump. You know, you just you just eat his money to get to get basically the Blazers just ate his money to get off of Actually, the Clippers did what you thought the Blazers might do. They traded bad money for him, uh, Norman Powell with the giant contracts, you know, four years and another hundred, and s- or another seventy-two million dollars owed to Norman Powell. Blazers got out from under that money, and how they did it was this con- was this Eric Bledsoe partially guaranteed contract. You thought that the Blazers would be able to, be able to maybe repeat that if they chose to do so. They went another direction. Um, the team's fine. I really like Gary Payton. I think Jeremy Grant's a good trade, like a good trade piece like a good good acquisition so like i'm not i don't think it's like i don't think it's this criminal offense that they weren't able to find a taker for eric bledsoe but it kind of ends this saga with like oh hmm okay uh and that's kind of i feel like the blazers whole offseason has been like huh okay not bad not bad like you know passing grade a lot of c plus b minus type stuff um but a lot of c plus b minus type stuff uh and it is what it is. Like, I think the Blazers are a little bit, I think the Blazers did okay this this offseason. But I think, uh, like, ending up here is like, if you're a little underwhelmed, I think you have every right to be. I don't think you can scream and yell and, and and you know, <laughs> break windows or whatever over, over the Bledsoe not being dealt for stuff. This was kind of, over the last two weeks, this was sort of, if you listen to this podcast, I was guessing that this is the direction it was going to head. This is where they landed, Eric Bledsoe. We hardly knew ye. Uh, best of luck uh, if you're really into Blazers financial stuff. If Bledsoe gets paid more than the minimum, the Blazers do get a little offset money for how much he gets paid, and he's he'll be in the NBA next year. Like he's he's not very he's not very good, but he's definitely an NBA player, um, and he'll. He- like, he should sign with the Denver Nuggets. I maintain that they need another dude who can dribble, and Eric Bledsoe, if nothing else, can dribble a little bit. Uh, like, they should, um, and if he signs for more than the minimum, if he signs for you know, some portion of somebody's mid-level exception somewhere, which is basically what he's looking at, the Blazers will get a little bit of um, salary relief. And oh, if, oh, it'll be so wonderful if the Blazers get a little bit lower under that that ta- under the tax apron that they've now triggered with the hard cap. Uh, the other administrative thing, I skipped this the other night, but uh, Jody Allen released a statement that she's not selling the team, which is the exact type of thing you do when you're not selling the team. You notice that all other owners across the league are constantly releasing statements that they're not selling the team. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this changes my opinion. I think the blazers are still very likely to be sold in the next couple years, but according to the statement from, from Allen, from the Allen estate and Jody Allen herself, uh, they're still sorting out the, the, the blazers eventually will be sold, but the team is still sorting out the Paul Allen's estate after his passing. He passed in 2018 and that it could take 10 or 20 years According to the statement for that to be sorted out. Yeah, right. Sure, sure. Choose to believe it if you want. There's no way in hell the um, Allen Estate owns the team for 10 more seasons. No way in hell. Um, but we will see. It's the type of thing you do to just like, you're heading into this, you own the Seahawks and the Blazers. You're heading into the start of like both of these years. You want to present strong ownership. Saying we're not, the team is not for sale. We plan to own this for a long team. Is like the sort of like strong ownership PR thing you do. Um, cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, doesn't mean much to me still anticipate the Blazers will be sold. Um, this is maybe like a, this is maybe like a cut that check type of, uh, type of situation. If you want to see how much the Denver Broncos just got sold for, you want to buy the Seahawks pony up. You want to buy the, you want to buy the Blazers. You saw the Forbes valuation. You're going to have to go over than that, over that pony up, um, meaningless in terms of like actual anything, but, um, if nothing else, uh, if nothing else, a uh, 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 a statement worth commenting on here very briefly on the show. Uh, let's talk free free agency stuff. We talked free agency stuff. Let's talk summer league. Shaden Sharp's gonna play basketball tomorrow. I'm excited to watch him. Let's talk about it in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about RockAuto.com, the family business specializing helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, two decades of experience helping you fix your car faster and cheaper, like legitimately cheaper. Save. 30, 50, even 100% compared to the chain auto parts stores and the car dealerships. And also save yourself some time instead of going to places where they just can't carry all the parts they need for every make and model on the road these days. Go to a website, Born Online, specializing in helping and having the inventory to help you fix your car. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. And while you're there, write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they will know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass-first point guard. Still screwing up my intro to this segment. All right, let's keep it rolling. Summer League talk. The Blazers open their Summer League... Late The late game in Vegas on Thursday night, um, there's a two-game showcase to begin the Summer League season in Las Vegas, and the whole dang NBA is going to be in Vegas, and they're going to get to watch the nightcap, Pistons, Blazers, get your popcorn ready, um, I'm not a big popcorn guy, I'll probably have other snacks if you really want to know, uh, but it's going to be fun because I think for the first time in a couple years, the Blazers have like real intrigue on the roster, I want to go through the roster, guys. i got seven dudes who are going to be on the roster and what I want to see from each of them. But I want to start at the top. I'm excited to watch Shaden Sharp play basketball. I've watched the YouTube clips. It is easy to fall in love with his game on YouTube. He's lighting up them dudes in AAU. He changed his life in the summer of 2021 when he went from, you're going to be one of the good players in the graduating class of 2022 to you are too good to wait another year of high school. You should get out of here and go pro. He changed his life. He was that dominant on the Nike UIBL circuit. I've watched the clips of that circuit. Dude is easy to fall in love with the, the dunks, the like, just like the hops, the step backs, the ability to get past people, the ability to create space for a jumper. Like it is easy to, to enjoy shade and sharp, crushing teenagers even teenagers in high level aau basketball tournament summer league is a different beast uh not particularly organized basketball but certainly higher level than than the aau circuit it's like a several steps up right um a summer league team would typically beat the snot out of even the best college teams let's let's keep it a buck um these are adults um they so this will be the highest level basketball game we've ever seen Shane and sharp play and the, the, the thing that that I want to see, like for other guys that have specific things, I'm going to mention Trendon and, and, and Keon Johnson and Greg Brown here. And I, I've watched these guys play basketball before, watched them play NBA basketball before. I want to see specific skills to them improve. I don't really have that with Shane Sharp. I want to see the whole damn package. Um, you know, uh, there was a story written today by Casey Holdall, Trailblazers.com, or this week by Casey Holdall, Trailblazers.com. You know, just it's teammates raving about what they've seen from Sharp in summer league practices and leading up and really excited. In fact, there's an interview on the Blazers, trailbla- on the Blazers YouTube page where Brandon Williams like lights up talking about um, uh, Shaden Sharp Brandon Williams, you got me intrigued, my man. That smile you gave when talking about Shaden Sharps has got me intrigued. I want to see the whole package. I want to see the offensive creation. I want to see the dunks. I want to see the ability to get to your own jump shot. I want to see the makings of a star. I don't need Shaden Sharp to dominate no dang Summer League games. Like, I don't need him to be the best player on the court. I do not need that. That is not like, my expectation is not that Shaden Sharp wins MVP of Summer League. My expectation is that Shaden Sharp at, it has moments, a handful of flashes, maybe four throughout the game, where you're like, oh... I'm not sure a bunch of other dudes can do that. I want to see those moments when you see how special he can be pop. I want to see the pops. I want to see like inconsistency, bad decision making, you know, have not played. you know, a ton of organized basketball in a while. Like just get, you know, all of the sort of things that you could expect, like in game one of summer league, that could be a little bit slow and then and, and take a while to get going. Sure, grain of salt. I will be t- whatever. Like I'll, I'll overreact or, or or underreact, whatever it might be. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put too too much into struggles. But I want to see a couple moments from Shaden Sharp where you where it's like that's why he's this guy. To me, that's my expectation for Sharp. The whole package. I want to see moments when the whole package pops. The ball handling, the the ability to look a defender and say, "There's no way you can stop me from getting where I want to go." I want to see it. I want to see him get out on the break and throw down a big dunk. I want to see him. um, I want to see him be competitive on defense. Uh, To me, Shane Sharp is where other guys it's like, Hey, you need to do this skill so you can earn playing time. Right. Talk about those gentlemen in a second with sharp. I think he earns playing time by being too good to sit as opposed to like, okay, he can kind of defend and do this and that. Sure. That'll help him get on the court. Like in, in the sort of, uh, whatever, in the sort of like micro specifics, hey, we need someone who can guard a little bit. I'm talking like big picture stuff. Shaden Sharp played so damn well in summer league, you have to play him. He looked so good, you know, he looks so good that he has, you have to get him on the court. Like that's what, as opposed to like specific fit within the roster, I think Sharp more than anyone else or, or unique to his situation is, oh, this dude's too talented not to play, we'll figure it out that's what I want to see from Shaden Sharp is like a dude who was a top, you know, seventh pick in the NBA draft, top 10 pick in the draft. I want to see him show flashes of like why he went that high and why people said, Oh, if he waited till 2023, twenty three, he'd be the number one overall pick, let's see it. Let's see it. Let's give, let's give the Blazers a problem. Let's give the Blazers a problem. Like that, the best case scenario for Shaden Sharp coming out of summer league is that Portland has too many guards who have to who have to play right now. They probably just have too many guards, like cause Damon Ant and Josh Hart are going to play a bunch of minutes and you you've still got Keon, you still got uh Shaden sharp. Who's probably not a three yet. Cause just cause of his, cause of his age and size and, and um, all those like, and and you got you need to play Gary Payton some minutes where he'll probably slot in as a guard like you 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 know but I want it to be like a coming out of summer league a legitimate problem that you have no idea what to do with Shaden Sharp like I, th- that's the best case scenario for him is that um, Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups leave Vegas like what are we gonna do with this kid because we gotta get him on the court that that's the best case scenario with the other guys I have more specific things let's run through some specifics I have for Trenton Watford. I want to see range from Trent Watford inside 14 feet inside 10 feet. Trent Watford's pretty darn good. He's good to get himself to the rim with either hand. He's got some, he's got a really nice floater. Um, He's got great floater touch. That dude in floater range is really good he's a little bit hesitant to shoot from three or has been and his was during his rookie season. And he doesn't pull up earlier than that floater range. Like he doesn't look for, you know, I don't want him to take a bunch of pull up 17 footers, but like he doesn't look at the rim until he's inside the foul line until he's inside 15 feet. I want to see from Trenton Watford, um, I want to see him a willingness to shoot. If there's a time to shoot bricks with abandon, it's summer league. Shoot the ball Trendon, and shoot it in the flow of the offense. Like don't no record scratch where you're supposed to shoot it. And, oops, I didn't shoot it. Like the music stopped. Shoot it, shoot it in rhythm and shoot it with shoot it without hesitation. I want to see Trent Watford be aggressive and looking for his own jumper. That's key to me. For Greg Brown, the third, um, I think Trent Wofford's is going to play, to be clear. I think he's going to be part of the rotation early in the season. Greg Brown is outside of the rotation for me, but um, he has a chance, albeit unlikely, but he has a chance. He could work himself in just because of his, his frame, and because if he's a four in the league, which I think he eventually is, the Blazers need that position. <laughs> they desperately need someone who can do that at Greg's size and his athleticism. He's not quite there yet. So for me, what I want to see from Greg Brown in Summer League is I want to see better feel and better decision-making. The game for Greg Brown looked too fast. His highlights when he was special was when he didn't have to think. He could cut baseline, throw the lob to him, dude could jump 14 feet in the air, he go get the ball. Uh, straight line drive in a fast break, through the legs dunk in a fast break, like when when he doesn't have to think and he can just play, Greg was phenomenal. Like an athlete that... the like. In a league filled with the best athletes on earth, a cut above those gentlemen. Greg Brown was really special with his athletic gifts. But when he had to think and had to make decisions and had to go against set defenses, you could see him thinking too much. You could see him processing slowly. What I'm hoping to see from Greg Brown in Summer League is the processing pickup a little bit. processing pick up a little bit his feel for where to be on defense get a little bit better because he struggled just kind of like where to be where to send guys kind of decision making on how on how to handle um some of his defensive assignments he had some crazy block highlights and he has he's got some physicality that he could end up being a special defensive player but if you have to think the game then you're while you're playing then the um your physical gifts cannot keep up with all of the little decisions that your brain has to make and if it's if you don't have a natural feel for it your special gifts can't show i want to see greg i'm hoping to see greg take those steps there and just decision making on offense um sometimes it seems like he would make up his mind to drive and it wouldn't be there or things like that decision making and feel those are the two the two areas that we would really hope to see greg brown improve on and i think if he improves there the physical tools really will will get him close like he he show he's for all of these guys, it's like shoot better. Like if Greg Brown shoots better, changes the game. But like specific to him, decision making and feel. Uh, I want to talk about Jabari Walker. I want to talk about Brandon Williams. I also want to talk about Keon Johnson. And then to close the show, let's let's come back or come and join me in the third segment. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar, best tasting protein bar on the market. Um, I'm recording this on a Wednesday evening. I ate a built Bar before I hit record, y'all, because I need a little fuel. I needed a little fuel. I opened up a peanut butter brownie Bilt Bar. I got my 17 grams of protein with just 130 calories and four net carbs with only four grams of sugar. Sweet, covered in 100% real chocolate, has a candy bar-like flavor, but packs a real punch. If you're not into peanut butter brownie, there's a kajillion other flavors on built.com. Uh, they got some standards that are always there. Plus, they're always coming out with limited time options and new products that are still packing that same built bar punch. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass, first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locks on Blazers. We've got four more dudes I want to run through for the Blazers. Let's start with Jabari Walker, someone who I am very intrigued by. Uh, Jabari is almost certainly going to sign a two-way contract. I do not believe the Blazers have announced uh, his situation yet, but um, almost certainly going to be the Blazers' other two-way guy. That means that he is like just like quite specifically not an NBA player because he is in the two-way contract. It's like a, a limbo spot, even though two-way guys are allowed to be with the team and practice for as long as they want and be as traveled all the games if they want this year. And the Blazers don't have a G League team, so it's unlikely that Jabari is going to spend like extended period with the G League squad, just because that's not the way the Blazers have operated in the past. Um, and s- so, he, you know, he might spend some time down there getting seasoning, but he is like, un- very unlikely to be a rotation NBA player. Um, and he is, quite frankly, not being paid to be one. But he's got an intriguing skill set. And so I want to see the early sort of edges of a three and D prospect. Um, I want to see the three point shooting. Like he doesn't need to burn down the nets for me to get excited, but I want to see, you know, I want to see someone who has a good repeatable, interesting motion. Like I've watched a little bit of uh, YouTube clips of of him, So like, I I get it, but seeing him up close and seeing him in this setting, I want to see, you know, a, a guy who looks like a shooter, like, plays and looks like a shooter looking for a shot. I don't want to see energy on defense. Um, Summer League is not the place to distinguish yourself as a defensive player. So it's not great for someone who's trying to do that. But playing hard, playing smart, not committing a bunch of dumb fouls, not getting wildly out of position, being being in the right spots, even if your teammates aren't, is 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 a step for me. I want to see the, the sort of the rough edges of a 3-and-D prospect because I think Jabari Walker is the type of dude you want Like he's the he's this the right size, right athletic profile, uh, rebounder, defender, shooter, right? Like he checks some of the boxes. Um, You know, maybe his some of his he doesn't have a lot of individual shot creation. He's he profiles as a dude who's a role player, right? And if the Blazers find an NBA player as deep in the second round at 57, like they did with him, and he certainly profiles as someone who could be that, they get a real steal. And I want to see the rough edges of that. 3 and D potential. Um, I'm not putting a lot into Jabari Summer but if he pops I will be I'm ready to be excited. I'm ready to raise 1 maybe even two eyebrows at his progress uh the the rough outlines of a three and D producer for the for the other guys on the roster like Didi Lusada, I want to see anything that looks like an offensive package Didi was basically a dude who shot three pointers and didn't do anything else on offense during his um season with the with the Pelicans and the Blazers um he he just kind of like floated on offense and w- spaced and shot it and wasn't even super aggressive with the shooting but like Spaced and shot it, did not really take twos, didn't make twos, and certainly didn't take many twos. Uh, nearly seventy-five percent of his shots were from three. It's a it's a massive excuse me, nearly eighty percent of his shots were from three. Like it's a let's see, Didi, this is a great opportunity for you to expand your offensive game in a setting that allows itself to expand your offensive game. Uh you know, Didi was at least pitched to from what I understand it from what Cronin's told the press is like kind of a three and D type, right? Uh, I don't think we really saw that at the end of the year for the Blazers. Never really popped for me. Uh, not someone who I saw as like a particularly intriguing young prospect. I saw a dude who didn't look like he didn't quite didn't look quite like he was going to fit in in a league. P- part of that is just a limited offensive arsenal. I would love to see Didi Luzada expand that offensive arsenal or try to try to and, and spectacularly fail. This is the spot to explore explore the waters, you know. Stick your toes in the deep end and figure it out because um, summer league is a, a is a lab. Is the, you're allowed to get in the lab and experiments a little bit because there are like losing is fine. So playing poorly and losing is fine, but you know, put, let's let's see a little bit more from more more expansive arsenal from Didi will um, will be the thing that I want to see the most from Keon Johnson. It is playing playing to the second move or the number of counters he has. Keon is, he has some real special physical gifts that you, that we saw when he's in his half a season or whatever, 25 games with the Blazers. He would sometimes catch it, see a guy coming, spin off that first help defender and, and find a way to get a shot up at the rim or quick first step on a closeout, get all the way to the rack or, you know, um, just just there's these moments cut baseline and grab an offensive rebound with his just with leaping and, and speed there were get into the rim see the help defense coming throw a quick pass that nobody like before the defender comes a great play he just just like real real physical gifts because of his athleticism and his strength and his at his size that it's like oh okay cool cool like I I, I get why people are excited about this dude because he's He's a really good athlete. Then there were times that he just took wild 17-footers because he decided to shoot it before he caught it or he did his spin move because he saw the defense coming but they knew it was coming and he's spinning into traffic, spinning into two defenders. He's thrown a pass into the into the wickets, into the woods because he the help defense only came halfway and he didn't have a counter. I want to see Keon with the counters. I want to see Keon use those gifts to do the second thing, to anticipate and read the second thing. Like, um, I don't think Keon johnson really has a path to real playing time this year um, because i think if the blazers are going to play like an intriguing young wing it's going to be Shaden sharp over him but um he has some physical tools that make me think he could be an nba player uh it's just he hasn't put the package together and for me it was mostly just decision making stuff and the speed of the game stuff there were times where he got ahead of the you know was playing at the at this necessary speed with the decision-making needed to have to be good. And this is like a thing with young players. It's just like processing an NBA defense at, at full speed is really difficult. It's what separates the really special guys from players who take a little while to get going. And I think Keon is a, you know, a really raw long-term project. Um, But it doesn't mean he's not an NBA player. It just means that he might take additional years of seasoning. I want to see a little bit from growth from Keon and most of the growth I want to see is with that with that second level decision making. It's not like feel, like I don't I don't think he has a bad feel necessarily. It's that I think sometimes he says I'm going to do this and it's head down do it without um, the ability to keep your head up to keep your sort of keep the decision tree more than just like, well, I already decided to take a pull up jump shot. So I'm just going to take a terrible pull up jump shot. Uh, it's 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 that second level. It's it's all the counters Keon needs to develop the counters to someone sitting on his sitting on a strong right hand drive and and knowing that he might spin back left. Not just spinning back left and getting caught. Like it's it's the counters and even that secondary counter to the counter type of stuff. That's where I want to see Keon grow, and I think I think he truly can. The last guy I want to talk about is Brandon Williams. Um, B Will is a you know he's going to be a two way guy. He's you know the emergency third point guard. He showed that he can get to the rack in the NBA last year. Like he proved he earned himself um, from a ten day to a two way. Like he he ended up like being a guy that the Blazers. You know, took a flyer on in December, took another flyer on in in February and then said, nah, we should like try to get this dude to be part of the program for an extended period of time because he could play. Um, I don't think he has like, you know, with a lot of these guys, I don't know that he has a path to playing time on a fully healthy roster. If everybody's healthy, I'm not sure where Brandon Williams plays. In fact, he won't play if everyone's healthy. But he might kick ass in Summer League. Um, Summer League is for guards. It's a place where guards thrive. It's that's like why I really want to see Keon play well, because it's a place where guards thrive. I think Brandon Williams' game is really well suited to Summer League. Really well suited. He's got a lot of craft with the ball in his hands. He's incredibly fast. He's good at getting himself to the rim. Like he's really hard to check in one-on-one situations. He's not much of a shooter. Uh, And I'm not sure that we're going to see him take massive strides there. And for me, even, I don't need, like, Brandon Williams doesn't need to bomb away from three for me to be, like, on board. I'm already on board with him being a pretty good NBA player without the jump shot. But um, his sort of, because I think his skill set will naturally allow him, if he wants to, to have, like, big games in Summer League, the thing that I would like to see from Brandon Williams, and thing that would sort of intrigue me, is if he's a table setter um because he'll be able to get his when he wants it but if he can get guys in the right spot if he can get shade and sharp shots when he where he wants it get Greg Brown uh, you know uh, in rhythm and places to attack you know run pick and rolls with Trenton Watford that allows Watford to attack and then pick his spots in the half court when the Blazers need it um it, i don't want to see Brandon Williams go score 1000 points because one i think he can in summer league two like the the next step for him is being more than just a dude who can get to the rim whenever he wants. That is an awesome skill that got him a job. He made probably half a million dollars by being able to get to the rack on his own. I would like to see him be more table setter, facilitator, organizer of of this group. Uh, it'll be curious who the Blazers roll with, but if he's their primary guard over some other guys, over Keon, then I want to see B-Will set the table. I want to see B-Will look like... Um, well, I wasn't. I was trying not to, but I want to see B. look like a pass first point guard. Might be might be my own personal biases on that one. That's what I want to see from the Blazers in summer league. Those Blazers roster guys. Uh, Thursday night. This is Thursday show. This evening, I'm gonna see them play. See Shane Sharp play. See Jabari Walker play. See Trent Wofford and Greg Brown and Brent Williams and, and and gang, gang, gang. All get out on the court. I'm excited. I'm super excited. Friday's show, we will talk about what we saw from those gentlemen when they finally hit the court. It's going to be a ton of fun. Do not miss Friday's show. We'll have five more shows next week because that's what we do. It's the only daily Trailblazers podcast every single weekday, free on all platforms. So make it your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. Appreciate you listening.